Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Dana Carvey and David Spade here. You might know our podcast, Fly on the Wall. We decided to do a spinoff called Superfly, and it's fun. It's just two of us riffing on current events, pop culture. When I looked up the flight, when that door flew off, these people were dead yeah. silent. Everyone just quiet. I don't think I could contain it. I think that's free reign to wail on your call button in that situation. <laughs> bung, 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 bung. Hey, I don't want to be a pest. Was there a door when I got on? <laughs> Listen to and follow Superfly on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Eight o'clock hour here on Sean RJ with Bobby Belt, fist pumping on the fan cam, Twitch and YouTube. Chris Mannix. From Sports Illustrated is getting set to join us on the Diamond Factory Hotline. Some of the Kyrie fans noticing during the Mavs ball this past weekend, Kyrie and his daughter walked up to take pictures after he bid $25,000 for the State Fair of Texas with Maxie and Dwight Powell. Why does that matter? The fair doesn't open until December. Excuse me, September. September. So, Kyrie planning on being here Uh-oh. for the state fair in September. Oh, baby. Can you imagine? What are the odds we see Kyrie Irving walking around the state fair? I don't think we could see Kyrie caught dead at the state fair. <laughs> no yeah, way. I mean, it's uh, I just because he bit on that, obviously, like I would, even if he's here, he's not going to the fair. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the, Kyrie doesn't strike me as a fair part guy. Let's bring in Chris Mannix joining us here on Sean and RJ. SI, senior writer, all over the NBA on the Diamond Factory Holland. Good morning, Chris. How are you? What's going on, guys? What did you think of the Kyrie trade initially, and how do you think it's worked so far? Uh, I mean, it, it, it was certainly a, a roll of the dice. Um, high risk, high reward for Dallas. They, they clearly needed to do something to at least create the appearance that they're trying to add something, you know, of star caliber alongside Luka Doncic. But, the, you know, look, I, I covered Kyrie extensively when he was in Boston. I, I followed him, of course, with what happened in Brooklyn. There's, there's enormous downside to bringing someone like him in. So I had similar feelings to a lot of people did about the deal. And, look, I actually think despite the record, it's, it's worked out pretty well, um, you know, so far. For, for Dallas, you know they they had some ups and downs early, but from everything I hear from people internally there, Kyrie has been you know a great teammate and a great locker room guy with that team so far. It's pretty clear Luca enjoys you know playing uh, alongside him. Uh, so uh, I don't know what happens this final month month and a half of the season, but 
you know, I, I think so far it's been a net positive for the Mavericks. What's something that doesn't get talked about enough with him, maybe something underreported if that's possible, or something many people don't know that you picked up on while covering him up close? Well, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, there's, just, you know, both positive and, and in a way negative, um, you know, Kyrie, you know, he's a, he's a guy that when you have young players on these teams, Kyrie is someone that they kind of grew up in, in a way, you know, I don't want to say worshiping, but watching, and he was their role model coming up. So guys are excited often about the possibility of, of playing with Kyrie Irving because they've seen him play. They saw him play in the finals for years and, and he's become kind of their guy. Um, so that, that's something that, you know, he, he can be a leader. He can have a positive effect on, on locker rooms. The downside is that he does, he, you know, in Boston, he didn't show a lot of patience for young guys that he didn't show an ability to kind of fit in within the construct of, of a team. And that cost him a lot in Boston. It probably cost him something uh, in Brooklyn. So, you know, look, I keep going back to the same kind of phrase. He, he's high risk and high reward. Like there's, at what is he, 30, 31 years old, he has there's certainly the potential for him to be, you know, the the the, the running buddy of Luca for the next three or four years at a highly successful level. But there's almost equal potential for him saying, you know what, I don't like this place anymore. I'm going to go walk to Los Angeles or Phoenix or wherever else might have room to come and get me uh, in the offseason. Do you think that, you know, Cuban – uh, or others should be terrified in giving him the extension that he wants? And do you think the rest of the league will give him that market that, that Mark and Nico Harrison have probably already committed to? Well, it, it depends on what he wants, right? Like, if it's – look, he, he's going to be the very best version of Kyrie for the rest of this year. That's unquestionable. You're going to get a good locker room guy. You're going to get a good teammate. You're going to get, you know, the best version of him on the floor. He wants to get paid. Like that, it's as simple as that. Um, if he comes out in the off season and said it says it's four years and max dollars or nothing, that would be a non-starter for me. I, I just don't, I don't see how you can give a guy with this kind of track record, you know, that type of contract. It's it's nothing personal against him. It's just you know kind of what we've seen from him over the years. But if he is willing to take a three-year deal and it's it's comparable money, max level money. I would think about it because, look, look I, I think offensively, you've got everything you need with, with Kyrie and Luka there. The, 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 the thing you have to do after that is find defensive pieces that fit around them. You've got a coach that Kyrie clearly connects with and who has been – he has been uh, very much um, you know, someone he's looked up to over the years and Jason Kidd. Um, you just got to f- now find defensive pieces around him. So I think it comes down to the length of the contract that Kyrie is insistent on. If it's four years, I just wouldn't do it. If it's three, um, you know, I think you can make a case that that's worth the risk. NBA senior writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix, joining us here at 105 through the fan. Uh, all right, where, best guess, where is Kyrie's next stop? You know, uh, just because I think he's going to have – an effective finish to this season and he's going to convince some people in Dallas that he's worth that risk. I think they do come to an agreement and, and he is in Dallas, you know, in over the long term. I mean, look, the, the Lakers, they're the most obvious option, right? Everybody's talked about them, but if you're the Lakers, 
And you kind of see what's happening over these last couple of weeks where, you know, Jared Vanderbilt works and Malik Beasley is making shots. And I know D'Angelo Russell is out, but he had a game or two where it looked like he could be a good fit in there. Why would you blow all that up just to bring Kyrie Irving in on a contract and give yourself a team of Kyrie, LeBron, AD, and like nothing else? Again, I, I just I think the Lakers might have learned a lesson or two over the last couple of years about just kind of trying to collect stars. And, and, and I don't think they're going to be as ambitious as, as some people think about going after uh, Kyrie Irving. And that, that might leave the Mavericks as kind of the only game in town. Like Kyrie's not going to a team that, that has you know, cap space. He's not going to Detroit. He's not going to San Antonio. I, I think ultimately, you know, he, even if this season ends with a first-round exit, as long as Kyrie and Luka appear to be on the same page and Kyrie is, is, is someone that you can trust, looks like someone you can trust in the locker room, uh, I think the Mavericks come find a way to get a deal done. What is Luka's perception around the league? Is he, is he a destination player uh, yet? Oh, yeah, of course he is. Um, you know, he's not the, 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 the I wouldn't say, I don't, easiest is the wrong word, but he's not the, the conventional guy that you'd say, like, all right, he can, you can put anybody alongside him. You've got to find the right pieces to put it alongside him because he is such a ball-dominant guard, and he, he does kind of attract a lot of attention. But, you know, I, look, guys want to be where successful superstars are. And if you've got a combination of Kyrie and Luka playing at an extremely high level, you're going to have guys that want to play there. Like, it's as simple as that. I mean, I, I you know, you, and if you're Dallas, you're not necessarily looking for, you know, the – you know, the, the next star in that team. You're just looking for ancillary pieces. You're looking for a defensive-minded wing. You're looking for a shot-blocking defensive-minded center. Now, those guys don't – they don't just pop out of nowhere. But if you can find a way to get them either via the draft or trade, you're onto something. Because if you have Luka and Kyrie, you don't need a heck of a lot to be highly competitive in the Western Conference. I mean, the Mavericks did it last year without Kyrie. Um, so I think if you can just find a couple of – quality pieces alongside him you can put them the Mavericks will be contention in the West really quickly you know there's been a lot of discussion here locally in Dallas about Jason Kidd and sort of his reputation at the end of last year it felt like there was not much that he could do wrong and and I think perceptions changed pretty quickly here in Dallas just from some of the rotation you know questions with Josh Green Christian Wood uh some of the things he's had to say about Luca. What do you think the perception is around the league at this point about Jason Kidd as a head coach and if this is somebody that guys enjoy playing for? Yeah, I, I think he has elevated himself as a head coach in this stop in Dallas. Like he, he was he was very average or worse in his first two head coaching stops. I mean, when he finished in Milwaukee, I'll be honest, I thought he was done for a while as a head coach. But I love what he did when he went to Los Angeles you know, a lot of people thought there he was going to submarine Frank Vogel. Instead, they developed an incredible relationship that continues on to this day. And I think Jason learned a lot about coaching NBA defenses and coaching players, you know, from, you know, a head coach who had been there, you know, for a lot of years in, in the NBA anyway, uh, like Frank Vogel. And he took some of those lessons to Dallas. I mean, look, you can nitpick some of the rotations. I, I also would be playing Josh Green a lot more than, than, than Holiday or, or some of the other guys that are in that mix. But Jason's got his reasons for it, probably on the defensive side. Um, you know, I, I, I don't mind either some of the, the less-than-subtle critiques of Luka Doncic. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm in Boston last year 
part of the reason the Celtics elevated into a finals team is because Ime Udoka kicked the crap out of them publicly every single day. And so I think sometimes we're way too sensitive when it comes to players. I think you've got to, I think sometimes you've got to publicly call them out and you've got to be aggressive about it. I mean, Phil Jackson did it for a generation. Like I said, Ime Udoka did it last year. I mean, I think if you have a coach with the gravitas of Jason Kidd, he can get away with calling out Luka Doncic and, 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 and saying things which are true, which is, you know, effectively you've got to leave the referees alone and go out there and play the game. And uh, on that other front, Christian Wood has been a big part of that. People are confused that, hey, this is somebody that you acquired this offseason. This was supposed to be Luka's tandem guy. Uh, you you seemingly have an issue getting him into the rotation, playing essentially 20 minutes a night. I know Christian Wood hasn't had the best reputation around the league, but is that puzzling to you at all that as efficient as he's been, as good as Christian Wood's been, he just still can't get on the floor consistently for them? Not really, because you look, if you have Kyrie and Luka, you've got your offense taken care of in a lot of ways. Christian Wood's an offensive player. He is not a defensive player. And I think that's what Jason Kidd is looking for at this point. He's looking for more defense in that front court to give them half a chance at, at beating some of the quality teams. Um, that's been Christian Wood's thing throughout the entirety of his career in Detroit, in Houston, and now in Dallas. He, he can get you points. He can fill up a stat sheet, but he's going to give up just as many or more on the other end. And, and when you're, if you're Jason Kidd, if you're Sean Sweeney, if you're the defensive minds of that team, you know, you need guys that can defend. And if Christian Wood can't do it and, and can't and can't fit in the construct of that defense you just don't need him as much offensively with Kyrie there so it becomes kind of a luxury that that you don't need out there if he's not going to defend what type of market do you think he'll have you know it's a good question um I I was almost surprised that there wasn't some kind of deal done you know with the extension with Christian Wood because it just felt, before the Kyrie trade anyway, it felt like those two sides needed each other. Like Christian Wood had been kind of a losing player up until his trip to Dallas, or his time in Dallas. He gets there. He obviously has chemistry with Luka. Seemed to be a good fit. Um, I was surprised that they, they didn't get a deal done. But if you're Christian Wood, I, I think you've got to find a way to stay in Dallas. Even though the, rota- the minutes right now are not great. Like, do you really want to go and get and play in like Charlotte? Or do you want to go back? Oh, Detroit wouldn't take him back. But, like, another one of these teams with cap space that, that are out there. I mean, if Christian Wood wants to be in a winning situation, I think he has to find a way to make it work uh, in Charlotte because uh, – or, sorry, in Dallas. Because the word is kind of out on him. He's been in three stops right now. He's been the same kind of player. Uh, somebody go up there and pay him something. But uh, if he just – I just don't know what situation for him might be, would be better – than the situation he's got playing off of Luka Doncic in Dallas. Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated, NBA Insider here on Sean, RJ, and Bobby, 105.3 The Fan. I want your uh, your power rankings in the West to see how long it takes to get to the Mavs. Oh, I haven't done power rankings in a while. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, Denver's obviously up at the top. I don't know where Memphis is right now, not just because of the John Morant issue, but you know, Brandon Clark was huge for them, and now he's done, and you know, Dylan Brooks is like one tantrum away from another suspension. Um, the Suns aren't probably, your favorites? No, no. See, I never – no. No, I don't I don't buy into the Suns. I'd probably put them in that 2-3 range. But, you know, I, we, we keep kind of falling for this, right? Like where it's like, hey, stars are together yeah. and, and they're going to win. And 
it works out like one out of every four times. Uh, not to say that in the future, no, a near future, like next season, Phoenix could, could, could do it, could put it all together. But adding Kevin Durant this year and then fleshing out that roster with buyout guys, which, you know, Terrence Ross is part of that mix. And maybe they get, you know, whoever else is there with, with guys that are part of that, that rotation. I just don't think it, I don't think it works in the short term. I think it's too tough to come together over the final two months of the season to beat teams that have been together for a long time. You know, namely a team like like Denver or even Memphis if they if John Morant can can find his way back on the court. So I certainly put the Suns in that you know second round type of level. But if they wind up against Denver in that second round, I would take Denver in that series. And the Mavericks, I, you know, they're to me somewhere and not to be vague, but like four to six kind of range. Mm. Um, you know, with a chance to win a first round series, but I don't see them doing much more than that. All right. So speaking of John Morant, what happens with him? And and is this completely out of the blue and unexpected, or were there whispers that he had sort of this alter ego? It wasn't even whispers. I mean, the reporting was there. Like it, it, he was hiding in plain sight. And you know, this is what's so aggravating about kind of the Memphis response is that like they're now. Like, we're going to take action now. Well, you spent the previous three or four months sort of downplaying the reporting of The Athletic, which came out and said that Ja was in an SUV with a laser pointer that uh, pointed at the Pacers team bus that some people there thought was a gun. Well, you just downplayed the Washington Post report, which said Ja beat the crap out of a 17-year-old that was playing basketball at his house. Like, you know, the signs were there that – this was coming, and now Memphis is taking this all seriously, and they're asking for accountability. I mean, to me, that rings uh, pretty hollow. So as far as how it plays out in the short term, I know from talking to people within the league that they're watching very closely how Memphis handles this. Right now, John Morant is away for the team for the next couple of games. Uh, that ends Tuesday night. That would be the second game of the at least two games away um, you know, quasi-suspension. I expect it to be several games more. I think what the league is looking for, though, is some kind of official suspension. Right now, they're telling John Morant, take care of yourself. But John Morant, to my knowledge, is still getting paid. And I think the NBA does not want to be, I know the NBA doesn't want to be in a position where a player can wave a gun around at a nightclub and there not be any kind of punishment, you know, actual punishment out there for it. So, you know, I don't know if it's the league that does it, well, the Grizzlies do it, but I expect John Morant to get hit with some kind of suspension that keeps him out for three, four, five games before he's allowed back to return. Chris, thanks so so much for the time, man. Big fan. Keep up the great work. You got it, guys. Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated, Diamond Factory Hotline. The Rangers, the top of the Rangers lineup, could be the best in the American League. Let's check in on our baseball team in surprise in the home of the Rangers next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Richard Deitch, the host of the Sports Media Podcast with Richard Deitch. Multiple times a week, our podcast will get you interviews with the most notable names in sports media. From broadcasters to dealmakers to people doing great work behind the scenes. Here's Hubie Brown. Anytime that you win an award, it's not just because of the announcer and the analyst. It's always because of the production team. That's the Sports Media Podcast with Richard Deitch. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Some of all this fog. I don't know. We just noticed that. Something burning? Yeah, this was, it did not look like this 20 minutes ago. That'll be a, that'll be a hell of a fire that is completely <laughs> blocking all sides of these windows. That is Jeez. what's that is the temp? Eighty degree fog. Is it eighty degrees out right now? Eighty degrees. When I tell that, hmm, please. Eighty degrees is the high. I think it's eighty <laughs> degrees right now with a low of sixty today, and then uh, storms tomorrow and Thursday. So weird, weird fog here around the radio station as we uh, also had. One elevator working yesterday. That was uh, that. That could have been a bigger disaster. It could have been a disaster. Uh, the chances are that uh, we were going to get stuck in that elevator because I knew something was amiss. One out of four working. I knew something was up yesterday morning when I got here. And the only elevator usually, a lot of times, that's open in the morning is the freight elevator. And the freight elevator usually has like a wood, you know, base. They put a piece of wood over it, and then curtains. You know, tarp, blankets in the back to keep it from getting wrecked. All those were gone. So I knew that was the only, I was like, oh, no, it's the only elevator working right now. And it was. We had one elevator working. So naturally, when all three of us got in the elevator, we were flanked by seven of our closest friends. (laughs) I hold my breath sometimes in there like that. I just, I can't stand the breath and BO. I just hold my breath. You know, there should be BO at 10 a.m. That's not a normal BO time. I don't know what, you know, I I don't know if people are wearing the same exact clothes. I don't know if they all have the deodorant on. I don't know. But, Bobby, if you want to get your steps in, your true initiation of the station, I don't know if you've done it yet, you walk up here to 11 one time. Oh, I did it, yeah, one time, and then realized the thing was locked and nobody was over there to get it, and I had to walk back down. (laughs) What? Yeah, I was just trying to get steps in. I was here, like, super early, and so I was like, I'll walk up there, and I walked up, and I was exhausted, and then I opened it, and, like, we had a new board op was the only other person here, and I didn't have their number, and so I was just like, I guess I'll walk down and take the elevator now. You ever walked to Peyton? Oh, yeah, because I just happen to work every time we have uh, power issues up here, and I just look at the security guard downstairs, and uh, they go... Elevator's not working. I go, oh, no, you're kidding. Man, I had to, for BetQL one day. Well. Uh, me, I get a text from, it was either Walchuk or Ari. Uh, one of them was working that day, and he was like, hey, elevator's out. So, like, I'm like, oh, 
prepared. I'm mentally prepared. You got to walk up. And, you know, walking up the stairs is hard enough. Then you got a 40-pound backpack on, and oh. it's like, that's just the worst. Yeah. And then, you know, like, Will Chambers is coming up here. He just ripped about a half pack. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then Kevin Gray walked up the steps. And it was like, man, I feel bad for some of these people. got to walk up these stairs. So you man. walked up together? No, I was. I, I think I got here before. Uh, I think Will was here before I was. I didn't see Kevin walk up. I saw. Boy, you know, it's, eleven flights of Kentucky basketball. That would have been a win. Yeah, you, you know, it sucks too. You can't be the person in front. You can't be no. the lead horse because the pressure is on you not to like stop or take a break. Yep. You get passed on the steps. That's really embarrassing. But that thing, they will gas you. They'll burn your entire body up. They're high steps too. They're not low. These are these are like. Steep steps that are just high, a high step. And then, you know, you don't want to touch the railing. They're disgusting. Oh, yeah. It's like touching the, the, the train in the airport. Oh, the, the, uh, the rail. The, 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 the handle on the on the trams. Yeah, I didn't disgusting. realize you were such a germaphobe about that until we went to Arizona. I, I, I'm not a germaphobe about it. It's just I recognize that it's disgusting. Sarah, and I can't Sarah keep, made him a germaphobe. I yes. can't keep my hands out of my mouth anyway. <laughs> I know. Uh, okay. Bobby, let's check in on the Rangers in surprise with some of the talk about our baseball team. Yeah, first off, the uh, the disappointing news yesterday. So, Laoti Tavares has been shut down due to an oblique strain. So, he's got a low-grade oblique strain. Chris Young says that he'll be out 7 to 10 days. Says it's still possible Tavares will be ready for opening day. Uh, which he, he looked really encouraging last year when he... First came up in June and, you know, hit really well June, July. Those first two months, his OPS was 856. Then August, September, he was 559. Chop with a 270 on base percentage right. in that's, August and September. So that's not exactly what you want out of an outfielder. Uh, but he will be part of this lineup that uh, MLB.com, Jack Magruder, had a story up the other day saying the top of the Rangers lineup could be the best in the American League, mm. which is... Pretty pretty high praise. So I think when you look at the lineup as a whole, one through nine, there's a ton of questions, obviously. People still wonder what they're going to do at left field. You have questions about what, like we just said, Tavares can do in center field. Uh, Josh Young's finally healthy. Jonah Heim, Mitch Garver, they're going to split time at catcher. But this article here talks about when you look at Marcus Simeon, Corey Segan, Seager, Nathaniel Lowe, and Adolis Garcia at the top, that it's hard to find a group that's better at the top of lineup one through four. And that Bruce Bochy had actually said that while they had some good production in San Francisco, he said, I don't think we had quite this kind of production. It was a group that did a lot of little things well. They weren't a power hitting club. It was a very unselfish group that did things to keep things moving or move guys over. But basically that Bochy feels like there's pop at the top of this lineup that he's not been able to have access to before. So we've talked a lot about the pitching staff can stay healthy they should be good but there's a lot of questions about the lineup but mlb.com coming in and saying look the top of that lineup though could be as good as any other it's just going to be a question about those back five possible choppy what do you think are we just talking al yes yes i mean the astros sorry but altuve pena Jordan, and bregman is and then tucker at five there's not a better there's not a better lineup. There's not a better top five in the sport. Um, it's it's Houston by a milli uh, in terms of who has a who has a better top of the lineup. Uh, and then I would throw Toronto. Uh, you're going to have Springer, Bobachet, Vladdy as your top three. 
I, I mean, I, you know, that's that that's pretty tough to beat. Um, trying to think who the the Yankees would have. Bader, Judge, Stanton as their top three. That's tough. I mean, the Rangers have a good top three. There's no doubt about it. But, I mean, you're looking at you've got two legit in Simeon and Seager. You know, what is low? Is he going to repeat last year? You know, is he going to have another repeat where he was he was fantastic last season? Is he going to hit over 300 again? And then MLB Pipeline. You got something else on that, Bobby? No, just like he was saying when he's talking about low. Low is obviously one of the big factors here because he had such a breakout being a silver slugger. Like you wouldn't, you you hope he can replicate that, but there's no guarantee on that. And then MLB Pipeline tweeted, the Rangers rank near the top of all systems with six top 100 prospects and the talent on the farm should be able to help the big league club sooner rather than later with Jared Sandler with the retweet talking about the Rangers' future. That's interesting because, like, we had just talked a week ago how like, is Jack Leiter on that list. Bobby and Jared text every week about the Rangers' prospects and the pitchers. Yeah, <laughs> and so Jack Leiter, is, it's good that MLB Pipeline still has him in the top 100. They do. They have him at number 78, but he dropped pretty significantly. And we've talked before when you were out, Sean Chop, and I talked about this. He fell completely out of ESPN's top 130. Uh, Baseball America had him 25th last year, then 37 at the midseason. Six months later in January, he was off the top 100. CBS didn't list him in their top five Rangers prospects. And now, last week, Fangraphs comes out with their list of the top prospects. Top 100 does not have Jack Leiter in it. He is it. Now, their list goes all the way down to 112, and he's listed as 111. Hmm. But... I'm getting nervous, and Sandler keeps telling me to chill out, and he's like, come on, he'll be good. It's like, yeah, but it's it's a little concerning, right, Jared, that every single one of these outlets who, I'm sure some of it's their own rankings, but they talk to people within baseball circles and know how evaluators are feeling about these guys, and that's concerning me that after one year, everybody's like, oh, out on lighter. Yeah, that, that, that's concerning. I also hate the up-down society that we have now where, like, quarterbacks – you know, if you have one down year, all of a sudden, everybody questions whether you are. They completely ignore the previous five years of your career, or as Jerry would say, two years of your career. Yeah. They just completely ignore it. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I hate that. Like, you know, if um, if Freddie Freeman goes out, well, he may be a bad example because he's a little older. Like, there's this guy in the you know, mid-20s. Oh, like Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. Juan Soto yeah. last year hit, like, 240, whatever, 250. Didn't have his best year. Anyone sleeping on him? Anyone, you, you want to drop him? Go ahead. Right? It's like if Patrick Mahomes goes out there and throws 24 picks this year and has a you know league average QBR, like guess what? I assume it was a one it was a one-off. Everything you need to know about the Cowboys heading into free agency. Is that even such a thing? The Cowboys in free agency and RJ on why the Cowboys just paid for the fifth best running back in the free agent class. The Tony Pollard mistake below the belt is next. Don't make me take off my belt. Salary cap, contracts, deadlines, everything else that the Dallas Cowboys are facing right now. There's a lot going on. You sound... Can we redo that? Like Salaries, contracts. Yeah, just don't... No, 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 no. No, I'm just saying there's a lot lot coming up. There's a lot to... After the show. Oh, wow. You know, know, you're the one in the dog... You're the one actually in the doghouse. I'm glad that you opened your mouth right there. As 
Show announcement. Mark that. Show announcement. Peyton Russell has banned all relationship talk moving forward. That is not what I said. For him. He he blames us. You don't have to say it. The disgust that you show, the tone that you give, it's clear you think we've sabotaged and screwed up your dating life. You're uncomfortable with it. So for all the Tolos who have liked that content, that is out the door, gone, finito. Would you agree in reading that, Choppy? That's how I read it. I read it, Peyton blames us. Primarily, probably me. Uh, for his, for his, whatever. Yeah. Um, listen, you haven't failed yet. You've just found ways how not to get women. <laughs> you have to look at it that way. That's Thomas Edison, man. Yeah. He failed two thousand times to make a whatever to make a light bulb, oh. man. But you got to do positive. I thought you were saying that was a Thomas Edison quote about you've just failed to get women. No, no, no. <laughs> the Thomas Edison Probably quote true. is that I, t- I didn't fail. I found out yeah. X amount of ways not to make a light bulb. But you coming back with. Salary. I mean, that's you know, it doesn't sound interesting or exciting as salary cap and I'll t- contracts I'll tell you what. and money. Let's do this. No, I'll tell you what. I just, I still have not figured out how I'm supposed to come back into this thing. That's why typically I just go, "What's up, gentlemen?" Because I don't know any other way, and then I just go into talking. So okay. I didn't want to recycle, "Sup, gentlemen," and so because yeah. I did it at Ask Reddit, and so that was like, "Uh, what do I do here?" And I just vamped. But howdy, kids. Howdy, kids. All right, that works for me. All right. Uh, now that the Cowboys have tagged Tony Pollard, they are $16 million over the cap. Oh, boy. All right. And, Choppy, you said that they paid for, what, the fifth best back in the class? Not in football, in the class? In the class. The NF, in the wide, in the, what, what is he, a running back, whatever? In the running He's back a weapon. class. The weapon. From ESPN. Tier one. Saquon. Uh-huh. Josh Jacobs. Uh-huh. Tier two. Wow. They don't have Lamar in tier one. Shut you up. stop? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this guy's only 26. David Montgomery. Miles Sanders. And then Tony Pollard. The fifth best. A tier two back they just gave $10 million to. They could have drafted him in the fourth round. Yeah. Third I, round. I'd rather have Pollard than Saquon. Well, well, he's he's wow. Okay, I would Saquon. Like you want to talk about like Saquon is Mister One Yard, Two Yards, One Yard, No Gain, Eighty. Like the, he'll do that. He's played behind but, a crappy offensive line. But in general, that dude always gets hurt, and it's a lot of it's a lot of Zeke like banging your head into the wall for three yards of carry for a consistent amount of time. Wow. But, I, okay. I, w- I would take Pollard over Saquon. Saquon's more complete, but in terms of just as a runner and an explosive player. Give me, give me Pollard. Uh, so they're sixteen million over the cap. They're gonna have to have a bunch of different triggers get flipped. Uh, probably a restructure and extension for Dak Prescott. Uh, a restructure, I would guess, for Zach Martin. Make some sort of financial decision on Ezekiel Elliott and Tyron Smith to free up money. Um, but they could, you know, save some money with some. If they could find a trade partner for Michael Gallup, they can free up money that way. Um, you know, if they decide to release a Dorrance Armstrong or a Malik Hooker, they can get, you know, roughly $8 million if they let those guys go. But they've got essentially until March 15th. So eight days from now, they need to be under the salary cap. And so they've got to free up $16 million somehow here in the next eight days and make some decisions on some guys. Leading into March 15th, on the 13th, they get their three-day window of the legal negotiating window, mm. uh, which is funny. So we've always called it the tampering period. All of us 
colloquially have called it tampering. Colloquially? Colloquially. 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 Okay, stop saying it like you're going to mess me and I'm not going to get it right in my head now. Colloquially. Colloquially. Whatever. It's an impossible word. Colloquially. Colloquially. Peyton, say it. Colloquially. No. He said it with confidence, too. Colloquially. Colloquially. I know how to say it, and you guys say well, it over and over we'll again. Use nor- spit you it use out. normal words. I said it right. Yesterday, we were talking about bullish and bearish, up, down, good, bad. Dumb it down for me. All right. Colloquially. Sorry. I always forget. Chop is English minor, not English major. All right, major. so you say it. Uh, I can't now. Cause not, Try collo- to say it. <laughs> Colloquially. I can't get it out now. <laughs> you guys, I said it right the first two times, but you started saying it. It's like you with tongue of Iloa. Uh <laughs> So, colloquially, be, because <laughs> sounds like an instrument. Be, it does. Be, be, yeah, it's a, it's like a wind ukulele. instrument or something. Um, I can say ukulele. ukulele. So we we would get in trouble at NFL Network for calling it the tampering period. Like we, Jade was doing reports. You know, we you got guys and your rules. We over got there. smacked out. You know what? I'm, well, so I'm glad I don't have that TV station on my on my uh, we, <laughs> available to me. We are we are uh, because we're the league. They don't like the the term of tampering. Right. Don't don't call it tampering. Don't say that as the league we're endorsing tampering. This is the legal negotiating window, <laughs> which is garbage, obviously, because everybody illegally negotiated last week. They all mm-hmm. talked about people uh, that are currently under contract and figured those things out. But Cowboys have just over a week in order to get under the salary cap. So if they the big portion of that is going to be Dak Prescott, and so. They've either got to restructure him now in the next eight days or somehow get an extension done in the next eight days if you really want to take a bite out of that. Because a restructure would free up about $22 million. I think they can max out at around $24 million of freed up space if they get an extension done. And there's been more talk this offseason than in the past five. You know, adding a big fish. Swinging for the fences offensively. Adding a major star. Michael Gelkin said it on G-Bag. He's plugged in. And Jerry said it at the Combine, and he was asked about one specific receiver. I have not communicated uh, direct. I haven't talked to him directly, but indirectly two or three times. Odell. But I did have a very impressive visit, the most impressive at all, with the most important one in this whole proposition. That's his mother. And we had a great visit uh, there at the Honors. And uh, it was... uh, Real easy for me to see why Odell's got a lot of his uh, pluses. She was very impressive, and uh, of course she was a great athlete. But uh, uh, she's, uh, you can see where he gets a lot of the thing. I really uh, felt like I got to know him. Okay. So he's a free agent. In our in our conversation, we had uh, we had a lot, a lot of lengthy talks. So he is a but devil. he is a free agent, and certainly he's somebody that I have the same kind of uh, interest that I had in during the season. I mean, why wouldn't you? He's a fourth-year player. You would absolutely want to have the same <laughs> Stop kind of interest in a fourth-year <laughs> player. So, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., as he enters free agency, PFF has a list of the free agents and their projected salary numbers. Tell me if this works for you on Odell Beckham Jr. Three years, $33 million, 21 and a half guaranteed. Yes. You're, you're locked in for two years on him yes. like that. Yes. Three okay. for 33? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he going to accept that? How strong is his market going to be? It's like it's like Michael Lombardi told us yesterday. Do we know he can play? Does anybody know he can play? Right. Chop, you in on that? No. No? I'd rather draft somebody. You don't want to do both? Or you don't think you can do both? 
I mean, you certainly can do both, but I mean, you're not going to get rid of Gallup. You should. You're going to give him the second year after the ACL. Like, you should give him anyway. Um, What is Odell? Like, you know, you're just going to replace a guy who's coming off an ACL, who's now the year removed, for a guy coming off the ACL who is less than a year. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, because he had it a few months later, but hasn't played, I, you know. Just talking about a better player. You, in his prime, yeah. I, I have no idea what Odell Beckham missed today. But you were in on it last year just because of the playoff run. I was in on it last year because you were going to get a two-for-one. Yeah, I'm out on it now this year. You were going to get two playoff runs. Basically, one of them was going to be for free. Okay. My whole thought process last year was if he can be available for the stretch run, you immediately improve something that is a big weakness for you right now heading into the playoffs. So take advantage of it. Once the season ended, to me, it was you can find cheaper players and more efficient players to do that. That contract, I'd be in two years. He's 30. I'm fine with it. So, 11 a year. So the Cowboys have several. He won't un- accept that, though. I think that's too low. I think he could. Okay. I think I think he it's possible. So the Cowboys have several unrestricted free agents. There's four of them that are in Pro Football Focus's top 100. And they've got contract projections for all them. I'm going to see if you guys are in or out on these. 20th ranked free agent is Dalton Schultz. They project him at Four years, $58 million, $36 million guaranteed. No. No. No, I'm out on that too. But, hey, look, that chemistry with Dak Prescott is going to get Dalton Schultz paid. It is, but I, that, that, that's what I don't want. I want to take that chemistry away from Dak. Explain. I, I don't want him to have a safety net. I want to force him to go downfield and not throw five-yard pass to the tight end facing him. Talk to Mike. Talk to Mike because that's the, the there's not going to be any downfield next year. Well, that's our own damn fault because downfield is what wins. Basic said, Beckham is done. Sign Dez back, too, while you're at it. There's Mikey. Hey, we're trying to get him to call in, Mike. Stop. Okay. Uh, Dez? <laughs> yeah, 37th ranked prospect, Tony, or uh, free agent is Tony Pollard. Their projection is obviously one year, $10 million because of the franchise tag. But if I told you you could get him here for, no. you're just out completely? No. For what? Three years, $30 million, so it's 10 a year. Absolutely. Three years, $30 million, but hold on, Chop. And we just say seventeen millions guaranteed. So it's two year deal for basically seventeen million. I'd give him a three year uh six eight and a half million dollar deal. <laughs> Would you be in for a second year? You lock yourself in for two years. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, but hold on, listen. Knowing that they're bringing him back regardless, would you be in on a deal that would keep him here essentially for two years? Because it would lower that cap figure from ten million this year. But is there dead cap after that? After the second year, yeah. I mean, there's dead cap whenever you cut guys, but it's not a it's, you'd have a cap savings. So what's the total deal? Two for what? Uh, th- it would be three years, thirty. But if you guaranteed seventeen million dollars, you would get out of it after the second year. Right, but you would still have thirteen million of dead money on the back end. Uh, no, that would be non guaranteed money. So what you'd have on the back end is probably whatever the signing bonus would be. I'd guess it'd be about three million dead money. Uh, yeah, I'm um, no. Okay, so, so. all right, fair enough. Uh, and then really quickly, the last two, Leighton Vanderesh. Projected three years, twenty point two million, twelve million guaranteed. That's about six point seven five million a year. I'm in on that. Six point seven five a year. Yep. How old is he? Uh, he is twenty six. Oh gosh. I'm gonna see. say uh, they fell apart without him. I know, he but his body falls apart. That's too. true. Well, uh, let's yeah. not forget the injury. He's gonna get. Hopefully not. He's gonna get hurt and banged up again. 
And then the number 72 ranked free agent, and I can already tell you just from talking to people in Indy, I know this contract projection is wrong. Donovan Wilson, two years, 11.5 million, 7 million guaranteed. Pro- I'd be all over that. Who projected these numbers? PFF, which they've been pretty good actually in the past about some of their free agency contract projections. That one's off. I heard they really, really want Donovan Wilson back. I think the coaching staff does. I think the front office values that position at a level that the coaches don't. All right, there it is, below the belt. Every day at this time with Roberto here on Sean and RJ. Did you hear the media member trying to uh, ask if John Morant was in the Crips or the Bloods? (laughs) Gang talk centered around the NBA superstar. Final hour on a Tolo Tuesday after this. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.